This episode of the Rad Broadcast is brought to you by Tech2U. Tech2U strives to deliver superior technical services from professional and friendly staff while maintaining their principles of credibility, accountability, and customer service as they grow. With locations all over Northern California, Southern California, and Las Vegas, Tech2U provides in-shop repair, mobile services for residential and business, and remote service provided online. Tech2U repairs everything ranging from printers, scanners, screen repair, motherboards, keyboards, touchpads. They'll even recycle electronics. Visit www tech2u.com that's tech the number two u.com or call 888-340-8324 that's 888-340-8324 for tech2u the rad Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Rad Podcast. I am producer Brandon from the Rad Radio Show. Hi, how are you? How you doing? Did you have a good week since the last time I talked to you? I hope so. A uh, big special thanks again to Dr. Reed and Brad from the Griffin and Reed Eye Care Center. They were my guests last week. Uh, if you didn't catch the interview, they were in uh, just to kind of talk about Dr. Reed and the man behind the LASIK, uh, LASIK surgery, because he is the guy that uh, has done the LASIK surgery for all, basically everybody on the Rad Radio Show, um, and even some of our spouses. Um, but I always wanted to know more about the dude, the man, Dr. Reed. If you didn't catch it, go back and listen to it. It was a great interview. Uh, Brad was always, uh, Brad was there for emotional support. He's always good to have on the podcast as well. Love those guys. Um, and just to give a quick update on my LASIK surgery, I can confirm that I do have 20-20 vision. Thank you to Dr. Reed. Um, every day is like a, is a new beginning. I, I don't know what it is um, about it, but I, I don't remember what it was like to see so clearly. So it's just, it's such a joy to be able to not have to worry about those glasses anymore. Um, and it's just, I'm just so lucky. I'm very lucky to have had the opportunity to get this LASIK surgery done. Um, you know, if you want some more information about it, go check out LASIKworld.com. That's L-A-S-I-K world.com if you want some more information about that. Um, before we get started here, I, I do want to uh, make another quick announcement that I'm, I'm going to be doing a ride-along with the uh, SAC Spirit crew at the end of the month. I'm going to be going along with them to do a paranormal investigation of one of, uh, of a military landmark. That's, that's all I can say right now. I can't tell you exactly where, what, or why, um, because they, they need to kind of keep the location a little hush-hush so they're not getting people to just show up and, and try to do their own investigation or taunt any hauntings that might actually be happening there. Um, so it's a little hush-hush at the moment, but next week I'll be able to, to share a little bit more details. Um, but Melissa did write in and I wanted to share this message along because they got some exciting stuff going on. So, um, this, this, this email is from Melissa. She says, just wanted to give a little shout out for an upcoming cool thing for Sac spirit coming up in April. One of our cases will be featured on a travel channel program called ghost bait. Quick pause. I haven't seen this show yet, so I'm actually going to do the DVR thing and, and record this because it's not going to air till next month. Uh, cause Melissa says our case is the Ashley case in Sacramento that is slated to air either April 4th or April 11th. Network scheduling is often ambiguous until they sort themselves out. So the program airs on Thursdays at 10 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. with reruns at other times. Uh, you can check out the Travel Channel website. They have all the details there and we'll post updates um, on their Facebook page. 
I hope you will watch. Um, and I know that uh, Rob is not really into this sort of thing. So Brandon, do your job and report back to him. Yes, I will, Melissa. Thank you very much. She goes on to say, also, I, Melissa, yes, Melissa, we know, have a minor cameo in the episode explaining my feelings and findings from previous investigations. The show has their own quote-unquote team, and they conduct their own investigation and face-your-fears style empowerment of the client. For those that worry, the good news is, after filming, we went, we went in and thoroughly blessed the home again and rectified the negative energy that was brought to this home by a temporary house guest. Jeez, most of the time you just worry if a guest makes a mess in the bathroom. Who has to worry about company bringing a demonic-like entity? So just, just a little backup there uh, before I continue with the letter. So Sac Spirit, they're a, the Sacramento Paranormal Intuitive Research Investigation Team. They do uh, all sorts of uh, investigations when it comes to the paranormal. They, they came out to the Rad Radio Studios. They investigated here to, to discover that there is a corn farmer that likes to visit here frequently, makes some noises with the doors. Um they done, They did a couple of investigations at my house. They've they've done some blessings there, and they definitely have helped out. Um, and they're booking uh, appointments with most of you maggot listeners out till almost twenty twenty, I believe. They're booked for the entire year. You see, they have regular jobs during the week, so they can only do this stuff during the weekends. Um, and Melissa does some things during the week, like over the phone consultations and things like that. Um, but these guys are busy, and they're in high demand. So um, whatever they're doing is really resonating with you, with you guys. And I, and I'm just I just couldn't be more happy that they've been received so warmly by you people. Um, Melissa goes on to say that she just wanted to share as it is pretty special to us to receive the opportunity to film this episode on travel channel and be acknowledged. Also for those curious about the upcoming adventure spirit is slated to have with producer Brandon. That's me at the end of March. More details are coming very soon. See what I said there very soon. They're coming. What I can tell the public is a teaser. We are looking to help a historical military location receive community volunteer support and funding to continue a very large restoration project. Uh, so they may provide community and, and event services and educational museum programs for the public. This is a very important to those involved in the project, and we feel it's worth our time to explore the complex history of the space and what we feel is a very distinct paranormal aspect. Spirit will be conducting a full-scale paranormal investigation of the location, taking into account the diverse history and tragedies that have occurred on site. We want to hear from anyone that may still be present or pick up echoes of the past. So hopefully Rad and the Maggot Army will feel the urge to support a community project, bringing light to an amazing part of military history. The story of this location is going to surprise many and will make for a very special broadcast. Signed, Melissa. I'm very excited to be a part of it. A little nervous, not going to lie. Um, this might going to be my first kind of out out of my element type of uh, investigation. Honestly, I I, I kind of go into these investigations knowing what to expect, especially at the Rad Radio Studios with the voice saying hello, and at my house, you know, with certain electronic things going on and bad juju and certain pieces of furniture that we have since gotten rid of. All those things I kind of like expect, but going into a place like a haunted location um a potentially haunted location i'm not sh quite sure what to expect fortunately i'll be in good hands being with sac spirit and they do this stuff all the time um but another thing i'm nervous about is bringing something home with me i don't want anything to attach to me and uh and potentially 
haunt my surroundings at, at home or at work. Uh, so again, Sac Spirit knows what they're doing, so they're not going to let anything like that happen. But um, I'm a little bit nervous. I think it's going to be really fun. It's going to be really eye-opening. And I got to tell you, I've done a little bit of research in this location myself, and it's going to be really exciting. And there, there's been some some crazy shit that's happened on this location. Um, and when it was actually in service, who knows what happened? So we'll get some answers, hopefully, when we do the investigation at the end of the month. Really looking forward to that. Uh, so a lot of the times we get some emails in that that uh, kind of have to take a back seat for a couple of weeks. You know, if we have some guests in like the Griffin and Reed folks last week and uh, just, you know, life happens, we take vacations, emails get pushed to the back burner. This one I've been kind of pushing off for a few weeks, so I thought I'd get to it this time. Um, this is from Cecil. Uh, Cecil starts by saying, I was working with an autistic student at an elementary school two years uh, for two years when he told me he was celebrating his birthday. I asked him how old he was, and he said, nine. I responded with nine. That was the breakthrough in making a connection with the autistic child. He is now at another school, but I do see him from time to time, and each encounter begins with each of us yelling nine. It's very cool. Uh, the real reason I am writing is because I want to start a podcast. And given what you have accomplished in that regard, any advice you can offer would be greatly appreciated. Well, Cecil, um, honestly, I'll give you the I'll give you the, my best answer that I can. Um, but I, I have to be honest: starting a podcast was not much different than doing a radio show. And fortunately, I've been a part of the Rad Radio Show for geez, like thirty. 13, 14 years now, long time. And so I've got a lot of experience under my belt when it comes to like the goings-ons behind the scenes and how to get audio editing done and all that stuff. Um, so it kind of came as a second nature type of thing. Um, but, and another point to that is the re the, how I'm doing the broadcast is kind of like an extension of the rad radio show. So uh, yes, it's me. It's just me sometimes with other guests, but it kind of has a similar feel taste. Um, it's just another version of the rad radio show. So, you know, it's, it's not necessarily, um, like for instance, mysterious universe. That's a podcast that I listen to on a, a regular basis. And they, they kind of do a lot of the mumbo jumbo type stuff. They do like uh, paranormal things. They, they talk about Bigfoot. They talk about alien abductions. They talk about really weird things um, kind of out there, but they're really educated about it. They read a, a, a few books every week before they present a story um, to each other. There's two hosts on that, on that show or on that podcast. Sorry. And uh, they bounce their ideas off of each other. Now, I, I guess my first tip to you for starting a podcast would be, to have a subject in mind, something that's appealing to a larger audience. Now, you, you want to be able to present those ideas intellectually or at the very least conversationally so that it's in, at least interesting. You don't want to just start a podcast just to start a podcast. Too many times or too often there's there's new shows or new podcasts that are popping up that um, that are they're just boring. They're nonsensical. They're a lot of celebrities can get away with that because they are a certain celebrity. So people will go ahead and go out and consume their podcast because they want to get to know that person a little bit more. Now, Cecil, I don't know if you have that kind of following, but if you do, then that, that gives you that kind of end that, that edge. If, if you're for whatever, if you're like the weather person in, in Southern California, you could do a podcast on weather, right? Like obviously that would be your, your, 
your intro that that would be your starting point your launch for it um so obviously you want to be able to to have some content that you can talk about that that's relatable that that would get people thinking um now as far as like the technical stuff there are so many different things you can do uh technically but it's so easy now they, they've made it so easy to to capture audio and produce these things and do it now i have a bunch of radio equipment here i use like um, Adobe Audition to do my recording. I, I use uh, SoundForge, it's a Sony product. Um, I use various production websites where they provide some of the music, like the music bed that you heard at the beginning of this. That's one of those uh, radio production websites that I use um, to kind of give me some stuff to make textures and make it feel like it's more of a radio program. So you can look into stuff like that, but I don't know how big you want to go. That's like big time radio type of stuff that costs a lot of money up front. Um, but if you just want to be able to do a podcast with your phone, it, it's super easy. There's there's an app called Mixler, M-I-X-L-R. Um, just go to Mixler.com. You can start hosting your own uh, your own podcast through there. There's there's various other podcasting hosting websites that you can go to. Um, but that's your next step. So you want to start out with getting your content, figuring out what it's going to be about. The next step is where is it going to live? How are you going to get it out there to the people? Um, with these types of apps like Mixler, um, I'm trying to think of the other one that, that that's used quite often. Um, it, the name escapes me. I should have done the research. This is just poor broadcast. See, this is an example which you shouldn't do. You shouldn't come into your broadcast, uh, ask some with somebody asking you advice and then come unprepared without the knowledge of what type of tools you would use. Um, but if you just search on a Google search, just podcast hosting, um, th there'll be tons of websites that'll come up and there are various price points on like how often you're going to be posting, how many people are going to be listening. I imagine if you're just getting started, you just want to start with like a basic patch package, see if it works for you. Some of those range from like five to 10 bucks a month. Um, super reasonable. If you want to get some audio equipment started, then I would go with a basic podcast package. Just go to amazon.com and just look up podcast recording package and they come with like all the software the microphones the uh the the, the audio uh the, the the audio equipment that you can use to plug into your computer um the interface the audio interface sorry and usually it's a usb audio interface and those are just fine um and then there's there's all this uh other stuff like this robust editing software that you can get as well um, that all comes in one big package sometimes it's like 50 to 150 bucks um all of this really depends on how far you want to go and how, how deep you want to get into the professionalism of it all. But like I said, you could do this stuff with your phone. Now I've actually recorded some episodes on my phone. I've been able to find some lavalier mics, which are those little tiny mics that you, uh, that you clip onto your lapel. Um, you see those on like TV shows all the time. And, uh, I've plugged that into my phone and I've, I've actually gotten really good quality audio out of uh, previous episodes of the broadcast that way. So, Hopefully this gets you a starting point, at least gets you started, gets your foot in the door, gets your mind going on, on where, uh, where you want to take it. But I think the first thing that, that you need to do is just come up with a basic outline of what the show is going to be about, what your podcast is going to, is going to deliver to people, what, what ideas you want to share. If you, if you want to talk about your experience, um, working with the autistic children in the school system, um, maybe I, I know that I would love to learn more about that and your experiences in that. Um, 
and, and, and the influence that you have on kids. And maybe uh, you could have some advice for new parents that have autistic children. Um, you know, all these types of things, just brainstorm your ideas and, and get back to me. Let me know what you, what you come up with, because I would like to, you know, if you need any further help, you can always reach out to me at rad at radradio.com or directly um, to my email address, brandon at radradio.com. So Jeff uh, sent me a message through, or didn't send me, he posted a, a, a piece of advice. He was looking for some advice through the Rad Podcast group on Facebook. And uh, this is going to lead me to uh, some, some other exciting news that I have with one of our uh, Radvertisers. Uh, that we have here at the Rad Radio Show. But Jeff says, I was wondering if someone here could help point me in the right direction. Now, before I begin, let's just admit that we all know the music industry is as fake as pro wrestling. So I know what kind of expectations to have. Now, I'm not quite sure what Jeff means by that. Does he mean that it's all fake? Does it mean that it's all rigged? I'm not quite sure. But the music industry is, is a little bit more broad spectrum than pro wrestling. But I'll just let that comment slide because the rest of his uh, the rest of his post here is a little bit interesting. However, I still love playing and making music all the same. I recently decided to chase down my dream of starting a recording studio. My question is this, and it came up when I started considering names for the business and making business cards. I haven't decided on a name. No, I'm not asking for suggestions, but really funny ones might be considered. What kind of legal steps are necessary, if any at all, to actually start a legitimate recording business? I'm going to have a business card. Shouldn't it be a real business? Well, Jeff, you can start, you can have a business card and not really necessarily have a business lined up or have all the paperwork to, to show that you're a legitimate business. Um, it could just be to get your, your contact information out there. Um, but if you're legitimately trying to start a recording studio and, and, and have people hire you to engineer music and to uh, to actually use your equipment to release music independently, then there's a lot of different things that you got to consider. So fortunately, some people that have had some experience with this, or at least starting a business like this, uh, weighed in. And I'll share his their, uh, their thoughts here. John says, first step is applying for a business license in the county you will be operating in. I think they're around 50 bucks, and you have to advertise your business name in the paper for a few weeks, which I think runs around 100 bucks. If you're going to get the uh, go to the LLC route, which is usually recommended, then there are a few routes you could go. You can try and do it yourself on a website like LegalZoom, or you could go through a lawyer or accountant like Huey Phillips, LLP, little name drop. I use my accountant, which was a little more expensive, but I knew it was going to do be done right. And if not, responsibility is on them to fix it. The last thing you need is a business bank account, which you can't get without this other stuff. These are just like opening a personal bank account, but it's all of the business information and EIN number on the account, blah, blah, blah. Now, I agree that if you're going to start a business, you got to go through all the proper uh, channels in order to get your business up and running. But I think one thing you want to consider, consider, Jeff, is if you want to just do this for fun or if you want to legitimately kind of turn this into a career and and make sure you're protected on all angles because i think if you're doing it as a hobby or you're doing it for fun you can do it you, you could do it as some sort of barter system you know to kind of get around the whole financial thing but it also has to be understood that whoever you're recording they own the rights to their music they're just using your studio your time and your engineering skills now, I, I gather that you value that so you want to be able to charge 
for your services in, in recording and, and making money off of this. So you'll want to get the business side set up before you start charging people. So you're doing it legitimately. Uh, another person named Chris says to start, there is several things you need to consider. First, you need to look at the kind of music that you're going to record that will determine the soundboard, mic setups and isolation. Next, you will need to be registered with a pro and it is beneficial to be with the Harry Fox agency. Now I'm not, we'll pause there. I'm not quite sure if that's, that's true. I'm not sure if that's what you absolutely need in order to, to become a legitimate recording studio engineer. Uh, but it's definitely something, something you want to look into at the very least. Um, cause this is kind of new to me too. Uh, Chris goes on to say from there, you should have at least five years. Oh, I'm sorry. From there, you will need to have a way to archive all recordings to make sure you submit to the copyright office. If there is issues with your copyright, it will allow you to show the entirety of your processes. From there, you should have at least five years of financial sheets prepped and a business plan to follow. During this entire process, write every single name you can come up with so that you can identify the best one. Always use a fictitious name for the business. I would recommend using an LLC. The reason for an LLC is that it helps shift financial responsibility off of you directly. And if you need any help, I am a composer and have done a lot of this for my business. Now, Chris, what he's mentioning here, I wonder if he's uh, giving this advice into the vein that, uh, that Jeff wants to start a record label. Now, maybe that's different than actually just having a recording studio. I'm not quite sure. Again, this is what the pros are for. This is what these pro business people are for. But um, I think that if you're just doing this record, if you're just opening up this recording studio as a hobby, that sort of thing, I don't think you have to go through this whole process of going through the copyright office, keeping backups of everything. Now you might want to back things up just in case so that, you know, if, if your clients or your friends that you're recording lose their stuff, you always want to have a backup of everything that you do, especially for your own portfolio. If you're, if you're planning on going pro, you want to be able to, to say, this is what I've done. This is the, this is what I've, I've gotten my hopper. Um, in fact, we, we actually got somebody else to give some, inform, uh, some information and, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this because it's, it's a advertiser that we have on the rad radio show and he normally works in concrete, which, you know, you wouldn't think that he is somebody who's in music. So the, Preston Hanford, the third is the, uh, owner and operator of uh, Hanford sand and gravel. They also do the, uh, the soil, Mr. Good stuff. It's the soil. If you just look up uh, Mr. Good stuff, soil on, on Google, you'll find the information for his, uh, his other business venture, which they provide soil, uh, for, for crops, uh, most notably cannabis crops that it's really good for. Um, so Preston Hanford, the third is a man of many talents. In fact, he's the one that performs in the Hanford, uh, sand and gravel commercials. He's the singer from the original one. Um, and then he's also in the second Hanford commercial we started running. Um, so you might remember him, uh, but apparently he's a, he's an avid rapper, which I'm excited to find out more about his music ventures because I'm, I got invited to go down to uh, the studios where they recorded the Hanford sand and gravel, uh, jingle and the theme song and the commercial and the, the crew that he's got working with him invited me down to check out their operation. And there might be some future collaborations with the, uh, with, with those folks, but, um, Preston actually said that if you're really serious about starting your own company, you would suggest he would suggest uh, becoming a corporation uh, S corp. It's more money, but gives you many more options and protection. Um, an S corp is like a big sponge. Everything filters through it first. Um, he also says, uh, 
check out Live Action Music. That's the company of the uh, the music company that he uses to create all of his uh, fantastic jingles. So I'm going to go be checking out Live Action Music this week sometime. So hopefully, Jeff, that gives you a good starting point. Um, and by the sounds of it in your in your in your posts, you're not necessarily trying to take it to the extreme. I don't think you're trying to be the next Def Jam Records, um, but more or less just being more of a um, recording place for you to go to for for artists to go to to utilize your equipment to record music because it's a passion of yours. Um, if you can make money doing it, great. Um, and I think that that's something that that's kind of in in supply. It's hard for people to uh, musicians and local artists to find a good spot to go record music. I know it was for me when I was in bands and stuff. It was hard to find good quality places to go without having to spend a ridiculous amount of money per hour just to get uh, get a demo made. So hopefully, Jeff, that that gets you started and, and springboards you into whatever passion project you have coming up next. Um, well, that reminds me this, uh, this past weekend, I actually, um, I got permission from Rob. This is really cool. Um, don't, not a lot of workplaces can, can, can brag about this or employees can brag about what their boss lets them do. Um, fortunately Rob has been gracious enough to allow me to use one of the rooms here at our studios. We have our own studios, um, located in an undisclosed location so that we can do things like this, do a broadcast without having to, to deal with other radio scum uh so that we could do our own uh whatever we want we basically have free reign over all this type of uh equipment and everything that we do in the building um as far as business goes um uh, but for a personal note I, I i've run out of uh rehearsal space when it comes to my music like i, I play guitar i play bass i play a numerous uh, numerous instruments and I, I don't really have a good rehearsal space in my house we i moved into this new house a little over a year ago and the, the neighborhood that I live in, all the houses are really tight knit, really close together. Um, and my neighbor that happens to share the wall, there, there's two walls. There's, there's basically a gate that separates us and there's about five or six feet that separate our houses. And the, the, the house that shares the wall of, of my rehearsal space is paper thin. I can hear a baby screaming and crying through this wall. So... I don't want to disturb my neighbor by playing a guitar super loud and waking up this, this infant baby, this toddler that's living next door. So I I've kind of shelved my, my practice time and haven't really been able to, to bust out my gear and, and have a, have a jam session or record or, or do anything in my house. So to, to bring this all first full circle, Rob has allowed me to use one of the rooms here at the studio as a rehearsal space. So over the weekend, I brought all my music gear over here. I've got about, uh, I've got like almost a half a dozen guitars and I've got a couple of amps that I've got here. And I've got permission to get a, a friend of mine who plays drums to come out to the studio and jam with me. So good news. I'll be making some music and, and pra practicing again. And maybe in the, one of the future episodes of the podcast, I'll actually have a jam session that I can record here at the studio. I'm really excited about it because it's going to allow me to really, you know, stretch my legs and, and, and crank it up and, and actually play like I used to. Um, and I'm just really excited. So I had to share that, that exciting news with you. Um, so to wrap up this episode, I've got kind of a deeper post from the rad broadcast group that I wanted to cover because I feel like it's a, it's very relatable on a lot of levels. And it's something that I've kind of been going through over the last couple of months. And I, I always thought, I just thought it was mercury retrograde. 
which is going on right now. I don't know if it's affected you, but it's definitely affected me. It's going through, uh, it's going to be ending on March 28th. So uh, just a little over a week and a half from the time of this recording that we have left the Mercury retrograde. It's kind of been messing with communication. It's kind of messing with uh, relationships. Uh, Technologically, I've had some glitches that have been going on that that have no explanation whatsoever other than Mercury retrograde. Sometimes it's easy to just throw the crutch on that, that that's, that's all the problem is. It's not my fault. It's not the equipment's fault. It's some planetary influence, interstellar influence from another planet that's in retrograde that is affecting this. So just had to get that out there. I know that some of you are experiencing it. If not, then just, just ignore me, but uh, it is a thing for a lot of us. Um, But this topic from, I'm going to, I'm going to call him T uh, because I want to leave him a little bit anonymous here. Um, he covers some some really uh, some deeper things that that I don't necessarily get to talk too much about. So I felt that this would be a good opportunity uh, to kind of get this off my chest through tea, and maybe we can uh, discover some ways out of this this funk that that we're all kind of feeling. If you do relate to tea as much as I did, he says, "Hey there, everyone. I guess I'm coming to you asking for help or advice." Or maybe just somewhere to dump my feelings as words since I don't have friends to talk to. I've been battling self-worth, self-esteem, self-destructive behaviors all my life. Recently, it has become much worse. My wife has really become an emotional punching bag for me to where I just close her out of my life to try to keep from hurting her more. I feel terrible about it, but I don't know what to do. I'm horribly antisocial and get panic attacks when I go to crowded places. I work alone, night shifts, so no human interaction at work. So around 16 hours a day alone with my thoughts, which tear me down even further. I've tried drinking, but it doesn't help, so I don't drink much anymore. Plus, I am a truck driver, so I'm very limited by chemical coping mechanisms. I have just felt inadequate my entire life. Strange, since I have very loving parents and my wife who puts up with all my shit. I know this is a me problem. I just don't really know where to start. I don't understand my feelings. I can't formulate words to explain what goes on in my head. I feel like a stranger in my own body. It makes communication terribly difficult with the outside world. Any human interactions I have are awkward to say the least, but I feel that's more a symptom, not a cause. When situations at home get hard, my mind will shut down and I just get frustrated that I can't think anymore. Or it takes a very long time for me to process what is going on. And I, and by then things have escalated beyond boiling point. I know therapy would help, I think, but I don't have time. I work Monday through Saturday to pay for life. He puts life in quotes and leaving my job is an option. I'm terribly sorry for the text wall. I'm just hoping I can throw this out there because I am desperate. Well, T, I can tell you, you're not alone. And I think it's very normal for, for some people to go through. Um, it's what we do with it that, that, that makes all of the difference. Now, you can just lay down. You can, you, can, you can bend over. You can allow your self-worth, self-esteem, self-destructive behaviors rule your life. Or you can choose to change it. You have the power to change your attitude. And that's something that I've definitely been working on, especially, I mean, up to the last 48 hours I've been dealing with this. And I feel like in the last day, I've, I've made a lot of breakthrough, a lot of headway, because one thing that helps you get out of these funks is acknowledging it. 
And I think by the fact that you're acknowledging it, you're, you're putting it out there. I don't know how much of this that you've shared with your, with the people, um, intimate in your life. Like for instance, your wife, you do mention that she's an emotional punching bag for you, but how much of this have you shared with her? You say your family, your, your parents are very loving. How much of this have you shared with them? Uh, so, you know, I think that that's one thing that, that, that will help you springboard out of this funk that you're in. Um, and so I've got, I've got some, some other prod heads that have weighed in on this, uh, this topic. So I want to read you their thoughts and maybe this will resonate with you as it has with me. Samantha says, I totally understand these feelings. I'm sorry to hear you're suffering from them. Besides therapy, I think it'd be extremely important for you to also see a psychiatrist because this is this also may have a chemical component. Low vitamin D is especially common, just as an example. Besides the initial visit, there may be something you can work out with a therapist and a psych that you can do either FaceTime or phone appointments, maybe even during a break at work. If you're miserable and desperate, you will have to make time for these kinds of things or you can find yourself worse off. Life is fucking hard, but you don't have to live or feel this way. It can get better, but it takes work and willingness to do what's necessary. I've been that emotional punching bag before as well, and I can tell you that you cannot continue taking the way, uh, take, talking the way you feel out on your wife. No excuses. Make getting the help you need a priority. I wish you all the best. Samantha, very powerful words there. Um, you don't, you, you can't change things unless you take the time for yourself to change. Now, it, like I said, you, you can easily, it's easy thing to do to just bend over, lay back, allow this self doubt, this self destructive behavior to take over because it's the easy thing to do. It's hard to face your challenges. It's hard to face your fears. And you say you've been dealing with this all your life. So maybe talking to a therapist or even a psychiatrist. So the difference between a therapist and a psychiatrist is therapist you talk to talk therapist most of the time, you know, there's physical therapy, but in this case, there's, this is talk therapy that we're talking about. Psychiatrists are ones that can diagnose you with the medications. They're the ones who can give you the prescription for the, the stuff that might be imbalanced, the chemicals that might be imbalanced. Uh, Samantha mentioned vitamin D. Now you could take a vitamin D supplement, but there might be something there uh, chemically, chemically that, a psychiatrist will be able to pinpoint um, and help you out with. Uh, Laura has some other suggestion where she says, you need a week backpacking in the mountains, either alone or with your wife. It will clear your head, help with anxiety and give you a new outlook, a physical workup to make a sh- make sure your vitamin levels and health are good, are uh, good would. And that would be a great idea as well. Jeez. Come on, Brandon, spit it out. Um, I agree with Laura. I think that the, the, the power of nature and the healing uh, powers that it has are, are very great. Like if you, if you just go on a hike for like an hour, find some time to go out by yourself, become one with nature for a little bit. Now I'm not talking about becoming a hippie and, and, and necessarily, you know, hugging a tree, but just go out in nature, be alone with your thoughts, turn off the music, turn off the phone, disconnect for a bit and just just think about things. Just kind of be alone with your thoughts. You do mention that it's hard for you to be alone with your thoughts and that it makes it harder for you to think when you get caught up in your own mindset. But sometimes being out in nature 
clears things up for you and it, and it helps you get to those thoughts a little bit quicker. I agree. I think the physical workout might, might help. And maybe just seeing a doctor to see if you're well, um, being physically active, another great tool to be getting out of a funk and becoming less depressed. I think that, um, if, even if it's just a walk, but going out running, maybe lifting a couple of weights, making it more of a regular thing, especially your diet. If you're, if you're, if you're eating crap food every single day, that cannot be good for your own mental well-being. Now, I, I've done this um, most recently. I've started doing this juice thing. Now, I'm not going to become this juice head that says, you know, you need the juice, man. It's all about the juice. I feel so much better now. I'm juicing. You want to know more about juicing? Ask me how. Let's just juice, bro. No, I, I, I do understand and recognize the power of juicing, but I don't think that it's like the end-all, be-all um, it's just, it's, it's just another component to treating your body well. And it's, it, it actually helped me detox. Like I was DoorDash is my worst enemy. It's, it's so easy to order food and get it delivered to your house and not have to worry about it. And it, I, it kills me because I know that I'm eating poorly and I know my body is suffering for it. Like I'll get bad acne from if I'm eating bad food all the time and it drives me nuts, brings my self-esteem down. And it's all part of control and willpower. And I, and I, and I changed that by going to juice and it's actually helped me out quite a bit. It's given me more energy. It's made me feel better. It's made me happier. And the the bloating has gone down. It's so that's another thing that you might want to consider as well. Uh, Advice just keeps coming in from Becky. She says, I know you say you don't have time, but you need to make time to take care of yourself or your wife will leave and you won't need to pay for any of her life anymore. Just know you are not alone and that many, many people feel the same way you do, but suffer in silence. So coming in, coming on in social media and reaching out is a great first step in admitting something is wrong and you're sick of living this way. You only have this one life, my friend, and we have to make the best of it while we can. Seems to me like you may have some underlying issues that you have never dealt with and they are making you feel the anxiety and overall shittiness. Oftentimes, it can be very small things that may have happened to you during childhood. Or it can be big things. Or this could have just developed over time with the isolation you were experiencing. I don't know your past, but I think you need to reach out and talk to someone. There are treatment facilities that you can go to, to just, uh, just for the way you are feeling. It doesn't always have to be for drugs and alcohol. It's for mental health as well. You can ask for medical leave and go get some help. Just a suggestion in the meantime. I agree with that. Why don't you consider talking to your employer and saying, I need to take some time for medical leave. You say you work overnights. You say you're a truck driver. Now, is there somebody that you can cover your shift for, for maybe a week uh, so that you can take care of yourself? And the fact that you're working overnights is, is another tell, uh, another sign that it's hard for you to, to interact with people because you're not giving yourself the opportunity to you're it's almost like you're out of practice because you've been working in nights for so long. You're isolating yourself and to further isolate yourself just because you don't want other people to deal with, to have to deal with your problems makes things so much worse. So maybe you need to take some time off if you can. Um, but also talking to your employer because there are ways, um, legal ways for you to be able to talk with your employer to get the time off, to take care of your mental health. And I hope that that's an option for you because it sounds like something that you could really benefit from. And Becky also mentioned something about your past. And you, you say T that your, 
uh, anxieties and your, your self-destructive behaviors started when you were really, really young. And it's kind of been something that you're, you've been dealing with your whole life. What if it is something that's happened when you were a kid and you just haven't faced it yet, or it's something subliminal or something subconscious that you never really faced before? How great would it be to be able to bring that to the surface and then confront it and then not let it be a deciding factor on how your self-esteem is going to be? All great stuff that you could potentially learn in therapy, and I think that that's something you should look into. Maddie says, I just started reading Seven Habits of a Highly Effective of Highly Effective People. Sorry, let me say that again. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's by the author Stephen Covey or Stephen Covey, I'm not quite sure. And I think it could really help you in your situation. It's cheaper than therapy. Uh, good luck, my friend. I think I'm going to actually pick up that book um, when I'm done here. It's called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, and, I, and I, you know, I've always wondered what makes pe- successful people tick, people in the, the, uh, the, the media industry that actually go the distance and become super successful, but they all seem to be well uh, even keeled people leveled off. Like they, they don't seem like they, they let depression drag them down. Um, so I, it's one of those things that I, I could probably benefit from as well because T I can, I can totally relate to what you're going through. And I think that it's just a matter of not letting it overcome and not letting it override who you are. Uh, Stacy has some advice. She says, I hope just putting this down in writing has helped. Journaling can be helpful, but you have to start encouraging yourself more too. This is something I have struggled with as well. Find one phrase that is helpful and repeat that or stick to it or stick it to your dashboard. Mine I use is quote, make today lovely. That's nice. Which for me can mean anything from making sure I smile to just not letting the negativity overcome my mind and thoughts. I have mine pinned on my mirror in my room. They have texting therapy now. That fits your lifestyle. I never looked into it myself, so not sure how that works or how valid it is. Hoping the best for you. Good luck on your journey. Stacy. I love that idea about journaling. That's one thing I don't do enough, but I, I feel like because I got this podcast, this is like kind of like my oral version of journaling. So this has helped me out and it's been quite uh, helpful. Um, but also coming up with an idea of, of a phrase that is helpful to you. Um, I've had, I've actually used this and I've exercised this in my phrase that I've always used. And I write down frequently if I, if I don't uh, have it handy in my journal or whatever, um, or my, my daily notepad that I write on for the show. Um, this is the, this is the phrase that I use. Find a cause greater than yourself. That just resonated with me from the beginning since I read that. I don't know where I got it from. I don't know who quoted it. Uh, first, um, or where, where they got it from, but find a cause greater than yourself. That, that right there means remove yourself from your ego, remove yourself from yourself and consider those around you and what you can do to bring to the situation, what you can bring to the table. What, what kind of cause can I have today that, that, that I, that could be greater than me? Well, I could try to make somebody laugh. I could try to make myself laugh. I could take care of my dogs. I could, I could take care of my wife. I could do, I could share some sort of positivity in somebody else's life. And that in turn will, will bring me some joy. And that's always worked for me. I don't know. It's something that I, I don't practice enough and I don't read enough. Um, but as soon as I read Stacy's 
uh, Stacy's advice there, that's the first thing that came to mind. Um, find a cause greater than yourself. Always works for me. Patrick has some uh, some more suggestions here. He says, you got to work er- really hard to confront your demons and be open to the idea of identifying the underlying trauma, which must exist. People don't just act like a miserable twat for no reason. Sometimes it can be as easy as making your responsibilities the most important things in your life and trying to eliminate the need for self serving your own pleasures. Sometimes you might just need some positive reinforcement. But to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and love what you see, you must become what that image of yourself is. And it doesn't happen overnight. Quit trimming the plant yourself. Quit trimming the plant and attack it by the root. Plant new seeds in your soul that one day, again, not overnight, will start to bloom. If you need someone to talk to, just shoot me a message. This is Patrick. He says it on Facebook. My wife's suggestion of reading those seven habits of highly effective people is a good starting point. I'd also recommend listening to Jordan Peterson's lectures on Carl Jung's theory of shadow self and how your relationship with your own demons can strengthen, strengthen your position as opposing the and damaging it as opposed to damaging it. Good luck. Remember, no one said it be easy. Nothing in life is easy. And that's, that's one of the hardest lessons to learn. I mean, especially in this world where, where there's always a quick fix, there's a pill, there's some sort of secret. There's no real secret other than being kind to yourself and taking the time for yourself and allow yourself to make mistakes, but learning from those and, and not letting the, the, the negative completely shut you down. Um, Sarah has some, some, some suggestions as well. She says, depends. Are you done being sick and tired and feeling this way? Because if you are, there's a lot of emotional work. It's all worth it. Therapy, find a good one. This took me a half a dozen attempts and I finally found a good woman who understands the trauma I suffered. I can say anything and she isn't shocked. Second, as you're going through therapy, maybe find a Reiki worker. Now, Reiki is an energy uh, work that, that kind of, Falls into the mumbo jumbo. Um, Rob refers to it as the Ricky Lake therapy, but um, Reiki has actually helped me quite a bit. It, it's it's all about adjusting your chakras and allowing energy to flow through you um, in a healthy manner. And it's something that has helped me, has helped many others, but it might not be for you either. So it's just something to look into. Uh, Sarah says that has worked for me and it may not for you. Like I just said, <laughs> once I felt I worked out everything with my therapist, I went to my Reiki worker. An hour and a half session of overwhelming vibrations internally and a lot of crying and small amount of discussion. I felt there was a new woman in me. I closed out and have accepted my failures, my faults, the abuse and trauma, and I am past it now. I am now on a path of love, light and helping others. So do what's best for you. Your heart is telling you how you need to help or how you need help. Take a leap of faith and start finding a therapist. Also, you have time for you. Stop making excuses. If you don't make a change, you'll always get what you've always gotten. Therapy can happen before work, after, during a lunch break. Your employer has to allow you time to go to the doctors. That's what therapy is. Mental health is more important than any health because it controls your life. So stop, take action now, or don't, and you'll continue down this road. This is all up to you. Sending a hug and positive energy your way I will pray for you. And I'm hoping that all this positive reinforcement that you're getting through the Brad Podcast group here is kind of validating where you're at 
and solidifying the idea that you have the control, you have the power, and it's up to you to take the initiative to uh, become a better you. And finally, I have this last note from Alicia. She says, if only you knew how common all your negative self-talk and problematic symptoms are. So many people are suffering through similar difficulties in silence, just like you. You are certainly not alone. If you feel you absolutely can't make time for an in-person therapist, there are a few services out there now that do text, phone, FaceTime therapy. Talkspace is a big one. There you go. And if I remember, their rates are certainly comparable to a live person reasonable rates. And maybe it's because I worked as a therapist for several years, but I'd really encourage you to try and find an in-person therapist and make the time for it, especially since you have pointed out your difficulty with interpersonal relationships. A therapist is a great way to not only help identify and address these issues around that, but to actually practice making changes much more so than over the phone and text. Good luck. Wishing you the best. That's right, T. It's all up to you, man. I think you could do it, and I, I know you could do it. And if I could do it, so can you. This is this is just one of those things that we all go through. Whether it's some deep-seated uh, issue that we have uh, locked away from the past, or if it's something that's been eaten at you just on the surface that you just can't shake, it's all about confronting it, overcoming it, and allowing yourself to be happy. You deserve it. You deserve to be content in your life, and you deserve to 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 be a happy person and not bring your wife down as an emotional punching bag. How would you feel if you were an emotional punching bag? I wouldn't like it. I know I've put some per, some people through it um, in in my past, and I don't. I'm not proud of that, but I've recognized it, and I don't. I don't. I try not to let that happen anymore because it doesn't bring any good. Um. I, I really do hope that this, this helps bring some light to you, T, and I hope that uh, you find the help that you need. Um, if you have any questions or concerns about anything that we discussed in the uh, the podcast here today, you can shoot me an email at rad at radradio.com or directly at brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N, at radradio.com. And uh, that'll do it for me today. Looking forward to talking with you again next week. Namaste, bitches. The Rad Broadcast.